This is the firmly founded teen where teens are taught skills they don't teach in school. I'm your host, Joey Massio, and this is episode 16, Rocking Any Relationship. The other week, I had a major breakthrough with how I view relationships and how I teach relationships. It just blew my mind. And this episode is going to be about what that mind-blowing thing was. It's a different way to view every single relationship in your life. Friends, parents, siblings, bosses, teachers, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, when you get one of those in the future, prepare to have your world rocked and your relationship skills severely leveled up. Imagine this. Someone handed you a small animal of some kind, a a bird, a gerbil, maybe a plant, something living. And you are so excited about having this bird, gerbil, plant thing, uh, just thrilled. You've always wanted one. And you take it and put it on a shelf in your room. And after about a week, it dies. And you're like, what the heck? I really liked having that around. So you get mad at the person who gave it to you and you're like, what's the dealio, bro? And they're like, what are you talking about? I mean, I gave myself one too. And my baby bird gerbil plant thing is alive and well. I've been feeding it, taking care of it, grooming it. Did you do any of that? And you're like, do any of what now? That's how relationships are. The world tells you that relationships are like a bird, gerbil, plant. You know what? I'm just going to call it a birdle plant. So the world tells you that relationships is like a birdle plant, that you and someone else will take care of this thing together, both giving 50% to build a 100% successful, living, thriving birdle plant. And sometimes the other person might have had a bad day and only give 25%. And you have to go up to 75% to compensate for them. Because, hey, that's what successful relationships are all about, right? But sometimes the other person will damage the relationship, abuse it, choke the life out of it. And then you have to deal with the emotional repercussions of someone else's actions and the stink of a dead birdle plant. I mean, I can't imagine they smell too good. And now you might feel slightly broken, damaged, maybe even a little jaded at that particular type of birdle plant. And now you're skeptical. And when someone else comes around wanting to grow a relationship with you, you want to make sure they're willing to do their part, unlike that last person, that both of you will give your fair share to the other to help grow a happy and healthy birdle plant together. All of that is wrong. The best way to look at relationships, any relationship, acquaintance, friend, boss, parent, a person you're dating, is not to view it as a single living thing that both people do exactly half the work in to make it grow. The best way, because it's the truth, is to realize that in every relationship, there are two Bertle plants. You have one, and the other person has one. Your birdle plant is how you view your relationship with them. And theirs is how they view their relationship with you. 
You have 100% responsibility in taking care of your Bertle plant. And they have 100% responsibility for taking care of theirs. You're probably thinking, okay, cool, but wait a minute. Doesn't that mean that I can think that I have a successful and great relationship with someone and they can think that we have a horrible relationship or no relationship at all? My plant is alive and theirs is dead. Yes, that's exactly what that means. Think about celebrities, musicians especially. We have a whole view of our relationship with them. It's successful. I buy their albums, go to every movie or concert that they're in, and have pictures of them up in my room. They don't even know I exist. Yet, I have a Bertle plant of them that is healthy and alive. They don't. You're thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that in that setting. But what about other settings, more personal ones like friends, boyfriends, girlfriends? Shouldn't they be taking care of their Bertle plant like I'm taking care of mine? We both should have two happy, healthy Bertle plants. Well, should you? I mean, that's up to you. Because here's the thing about Bertle plants. Depending on how we are nourishing them, taking care of them, they will either produce delicious, tasty fruit or rotten, disgusting fruit. But no matter what type of fruit they produce, we have to eat it. And we are the only one who eats the fruit from our Bertle plants of others. The other person never eats the fruit that your Bertle plant produces. You benefit from taking care of yours. They benefit from taking care of theirs. Neither of you benefit from the other one's Bertle plant being healthy and alive and producing delicious fruit. Your brain might fight that. Your brain might be saying, that's not true. I mean, if I view them positively, then I will be doing good, positive things for them. Calling them, saying nice things, remembering their birthday, etc. That's totally them benefiting from my Bertle plant. Is it? First off, you doing those things makes you feel good. If you're in the place where you view them so lovingly, so warmly, and you take those actions, you are the only one who is guaranteed to feel good about it. I just served someone that I love. That feels awesome. They do not have to enjoy any of those things. And if their Bertle plant of you is rotting, they won't enjoy any of those things. Most of the time, seeing that another person's Bertle plant for you is healthy makes it easier for us to choose to take care of your Bertle plant for them. But not always. Think about it. How often has your mom or dad done something to show you how healthy and well their Bertle plant is of you? And you were just repulsed by it. Oh my goodness, she's asking me about my day. Stop it, just stop it. So we don't benefit from other people's Bertle plant of us being healthy and thriving. Other people don't benefit from our Bertle plant of them being healthy and thriving. We are the only ones that benefit. And since we are the only ones responsible, nay, who can even water and nurture and take care of the Bertle plants in our lives, we are in complete control of the success and failure of our relationships. Like all of them. People who have great relationships with like everyone in their life get to live in an atrium of beauty, 
and sweet-smelling fragrances. People who are negative and generally don't get along with people live in a room with a bunch of dead plants. And maybe they like it that way. But I choose not to let their room of death affect mine. Now, this doesn't mean that you must keep taking care of a relationship if you don't want to. You can see that the other person has let their birdo plant go. And it's rotten. And they're not taking care of it. While yours is thriving. And you could think, I'm going to be done taking care of this plant now. What typically happens is that we view the relationship as dying. We see it through a one-plant lens, which is false. But we think that's how it is. And we think that the other person is killing the plant that you have together. But what is actually going on is that you are looking at their plant and it looks to be dying. So you secretly, and sometimes unbeknownst to even yourself, you start poisoning your plant of them. You poison your plant of them with thoughts of they aren't trying hard enough. They are the only one who will make me happy and they're not. There is something wrong with them. They are mean or selfish or just the worst. They aren't trying. And those thoughts start killing your plant. But you are frantically trying to keep it alive. You are simultaneously poisoning and nurturing your plant. That leads to frustration when you don't see positive results. Then, because you are viewing the relationship through a one-plant lens, you think that's just because of who they are and what they are doing. So, then you try to change them. Ah, but we can't change anybody but ourselves. So that doesn't work. It just adds more poison to your birdle plant of them. And if you never become aware of all this, you feel stuck eating the fruit of a dying plant that you are both killing and keeping alive. Instead of all that, wouldn't it be easier to see the other person's birdle plant and that it's not where you would like it to be? And you can just decide to remove your plant of them, roots and all, and just throw it away. But you will always keep the pot it was in. I believe the pot stays on the shelves in our mind for the rest of our lives. We all have collections of pots from past plants to remember fondly or to shudder at when we see them. But those pots will mostly carry the scent of whatever state the fruit the birdo plant was in when you removed it. Pots of horrible, rotten birdo plants will stink for a long while after. Pots of sweet, succulent birdo plants will make our shelves of pots past smell good. This is why I always strive to keep every birdo plant I have of someone else in the best shape that I can, even if I decide to throw it out. There is no need to keep a birdo plant around if you don't want to. But sometimes we want to. Sometimes we have to. We are related to them, or we want to keep this job, or we have to be in their class. What can you do then? Here are three ways to improve the health and fruit of any birdo plant in your life. I know your mind has probably been focusing on romantic or family relationships for most of this so far, but everything I've been saying and everything I'm about to say can apply to any relationship. A brief encounter with a cashier at a store, someone on social media you've never met, 
a manager, boss, teacher, or professor. I've heard it said that relationships are actually only made up of thoughts in your head. Three types of thoughts, actually. What you think about them, what you think about you, and what you think they think about you. It's kind of hippy-trippy, but think about it. I have a relationship with my wife. I think she's amazing, and she's doing the best she can. I think I'm doing awesome. And I think she thinks that I'm the best husband in the world. That makes for a great relationship. If any of those things changed, it would change the dynamic and, quote, success of our relationship. If I thought she was not doing the best she could, that would change our relationship. If I thought I was not doing awesome, that would change our relationship. If I thought she was amazing, I was awesome, but she didn't think I was awesome, that would change our relationship. Same thing can go for a professor in college. I think he's a good professor, smart and knowledgeable. I think I'm an adequate student, and I think he thinks I'm trying really hard. Boom, good relationship. The million-dollar question is, where do those three thoughts come from? Most of us think they are automatic, thoughts based on something the other person does or says, or things we are capable of, or things that we have done, etc. But thoughts are always a choice. So if you want to improve any relationship, then improve the thoughts in any or all of those three categories. What you think about them, what you think about you, and what you think they think about you. I'll probably do an episode in the future that goes more into how to do each one of those, but I wanted to talk for a second on that last one, what you think they think about you. That's the one we typically think is impossible to change or choose. Most people want to say, yeah, but I know what they think about me. They've told me to my face. It's a very rare occurrence where someone says directly to you, I think you're an idiot or whatever negative thing they might be thinking. 95% of the time, we tend to piecemeal what we think they are thinking about us together through what we observe of their actions or attitude around us. So before you go saying, I know exactly what they think about me, really think about that. And you'll discover that you only think you know what they think about you. But for that rare occurrence where someone actually tells you, quote, what they think about you you still have a choice. This is what I do. Someone once told me, you're not funny. You've never been funny. Now, obviously, they're out of their mind because I'm the funniest guy I know. Nevertheless, it was an extended family member who said it, and rather than thinking that is the only thought they have about me, I think of it as one thought in many they have about me. And within those other thoughts they have about me, I choose to believe there are good ones in there because I know that people saying what they think isn't black and white. The mind is messy and emotions often cause people to say things. I don't go into bashing on them either. It's not about thinking, well, they think I'm not funny and they're an idiot, which wouldn't help my bird plant become any healthier. I think they think I'm not funny and they're allowed to be wrong about me or they think I'm not funny and my style of humor just isn't for them. And if you really can't improve that third thought at all, you still have the other two thoughts you can work on. And that usually helps with the third one. 
Remember, the goal is to get your Birdle plant to produce the best fruit because you got to eat it. You don't always have to let a Birdle plant stay in your life, but if you can't get rid of it, then work on getting that Birdle plant to be as healthy as it can be because it really only benefits you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found any of this helpful and would like to get some one-on-one help directly with me on applying this or any of the concepts I teach, then head over to firmlyfounded.com. If you're under 18, then have your parent go with you and sign up for a free 30-minute coaching workshop with me. We'll talk about whatever real-life skill you want to get better at, and you'll leave feeling better prepared for real life. Guaranteed. Guaranteed.